It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One last final day of nothing to talk about. Not entirely true, but close. The final Friday of the offseason. It is Locked on Jazz today. Why Donovan will become a better off-the-bounce three-point shooter. Plus, Ricky Rubio comments from Zach Lowe. John Schumann loves the Jazz, too. The optimism's going to make us explode. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Plus, your questions, because we're live on Facebook. It is Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke. We kind of done it. We've kind of done it. I mean, Monday I don't really have anything to talk about, but it's media day, so I can kind of make that up on Monday and talk about all the things I'm interested to hear about media day because there's actually something that's going to happen. We've done it. We've gotten to the off season. We've gotten to the season. Yes! Thank you very much to Tony Jones, Craig Bowlerjack, Andy Larson, Eric Woodard, Thurl Bailey, and Ron Boone for joining me on the summer interview series that got us to this point. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. This hyper-energetic, overly espresso-engaged uh, is Locked on Jazz. That is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. You can get it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can get it on Spotify. So uh, make sure that you uh, – and you also can tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Jazz. I was listening to a show the other day, and uh, I laughed. They 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 said you could tell your A or your G because everyone's trying to do it in a way that doesn't um, that doesn't cause you to end up, you know, saying the 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 word Alexa or Google. All right, uh, I can't wait to get your questions. So please, please, please uh, chime in and um, send me those questions and. Um, and get me your thoughts, and then I want to share with you a uh, fabulous piece that uh, one of our listeners has done uh, this week. Uh, Richard Child has done all sorts of really cool work. He's done great work for me before, um, and I love that, and that's kind of why we built the Locked On Jazz Facebook group, by the way, so that a lot of you could could kind of show – there's so much great work to get sent to me all the time. You guys do amazing things, and I wanted to make sure that we uh, – we get those out there. So thank you very much. Um, I wanted to so do that. Welcome to our six newest members, Jason Shepard, the BYU TV guy. Like long time, former intern of mine too. I think he hated me then. Hopefully we get along now. Brandon Gibbons, Holland Olson, Josh Valentine, and Mike Glauser. Thanks for joining the Locked On Jazz Facebook group as well. All right. Uh, so Richard did sent me this work in which he looked at um, all of the players in the first or second, between their first year and second year on pull-up threes in the NBA, and that's only been tracked since 2013-14, uh, but he did a great work, and then I said to him, okay, well, I like what you've done, and what jumped out to me is that 20 of the 29 players that he looked at got better. 
Um, and those that got worse were Tyus Jones, Emmanuel Moutier, Trey Burke, Shabazz Napier, Spencer Dinwiddie, Michael Carter-Williams, Tyler Ennis, Cameron Payne. They, and they all got significantly worse in their second years, and they're also not very good shooters. Um, and there weren't a lot that C.J. McCollum got 20 points better on his pull-up three from one year to the next. Uh, Denzel Valentine, who... I didn't think it was going to be a very good shooter. It turned out to be a good one. I would have guessed he was going to be in the other group. Got 11 points better. Stanley Johnson got 10 percentage points. Devin Booker, who's probably a better shooter than Donovan, got 9 percentage points better. One of the names that jumped out to me was Zach Levine, got 9 percentage points better. He went from 26% to 35% on his pull-up threes. Victor Oladipo got 8 percentage points better. Uh, Jordan Clarkson got 7 percentage points better. So these were guys, that, that, again, like the optimism we just keep getting more and more optimistic about things so some of this you know gets right back so donovan last year for those who haven't followed this on pull-up threes which really is a huge shot if you can hit the pull-up three it means they go under on the pick and roll and you pull back and hit it's a transition shot um it's it's a pretty big deal kind of in the realm of the way people guard you and donovan last year took four off the bounce, pull up threes a game, and he only hit 29% of those, and it got a little less good as the year went on. So I then said to uh, Richard Child, hey, do you have any thought on whether you could find me the attempt numbers? Because I thought that was part of it. What's interesting is that we just have never had a guy take the amount of pull-up threes that Donovan has as a rookie. Emmanuel Moutier took 1.3. Spencer Dinwiddie 1.2. D'Angelo Russell 1.7. He stayed about the same. Uh, Jamal Murray, who's a pretty good cop, 1.6. He went up three percentage points from 29% to 32%. Devin Booker, we mentioned, was at 1.3 pull-up threes a game, and he went up 9.6 percentage points. There's really almost nobody on this list who ever has had the the amount of shots that Donovan took. I mean, Donovan's usage rate in the playoffs was the highest of any rookie ever um, since usage rate has been kept. What's even more incredible is that in year two, it's hard to find anyone that even took more than two. D'Angelo Russell was at 2.9. Buddy Heald, uh, 2.1. Buddy Heald had a huge jump. He'll have a really good year this year. Uh, Zach Levine, who, again, goes from 26% to 35% at 1.8. I think that's a pretty good comp. There is a level where his volume probably is keeping his number down a little bit. But um, what jumps, what I think was kind of the, the work here of Richard shows that just, again, most likely Donovan gets a little better at this. Now, uh, I, I want to point out, and I think I did with Andy Larson or somewhere in one of our pockets, you know, Donovan also shot, I think, 50% from uh, corner threes, maybe 55% or something of that sort. So at some point, that doesn't last, right? Like, we have to make sure that we're being honest about these things. That Yes, Donovan's above the break. Three-point shooting gets better. But his 18 of 30 from the left corner where he shot 60%, I would assume, probably drops a little bit. He doesn't take a lot of corner threes. He took 400 and 82 above-the-break threes last year and 67 corner threes. So um, I don't think that that's it shouldn't actually have that big a deal, but we should be honest that that'll slide a little bit. But if to the point that Richard Child made when he emailed me is that, and it's great work, I really appreciate it, is that if Donovan goes and clicks up from 29% on pull-up threes, taking four, four-and-a-half a game to... You know, let's say Donovan took 3.9 last year and he takes, you know, 4.5 this year and suddenly is at, 
you know, makes you know one more of those a game, it's a big deal. That's a that's a high number to be one more a game. But so he takes makes half more a game. Um, that's that's a big deal. That gets him just another step up there and is in as a bona fide scorer and. As I, you know, he's twenty points a game. I, I think he'll be at twenty three, twenty four this year. I don't, I don't see any reason uh, why not to that. Zach Lowe did a fabulous, fabulous piece uh, today on Ricky Rubio and his evolution with the Jazz as one of the most interesting players to him this year. Just really uh, great work. Wow, this hair is really something today. Sorry, I just looked at the live broadcast and it was really scary. Uh but he talked about how Rubio learned to play. Two things he did. He told the story that we've told a few times here. Um, Zach just does a great job about getting those. About the day in Detroit where Quinn tells um, the uh, you know tells tells Ricky that he was wrong about the shots. Um, I was with Quinn that whole day. I cannot tell you how orchestrated that was. I mean, really, to Quinn's credit, one of the most amazing pieces of coaching I've seen and how well he just made sure that that uh, that he got that done exactly <coughs> as he wanted to excuse me uh, and really was was brilliant in his ability to get that done uh, and and make sure so anyway a lot of that and then also how Ricky learned to play off the ball and how it's made him more aggressive and all these things that would make you believe that Ricky's going to have another good Year. The optimism is just flowing, right? It's crazy. John Schumann on uh, NBA Hangtime podcast yesterday was just big on everything involving the Jazz. And, you know, I don't know if you heard the Real GM podcast I did with Adam Matas and Danny LaRue, but they, like, convinced me halfway through, uh, you know, that maybe things are good. And the other one that's interesting right now in the West, frankly, is that, okay, so Minnesota's a mess with the Jimmy Butler situation. Russell Westbrook is not starting training camp, nor is Andre Robertson for Oklahoma City, so that's not great for them. Uh, Houston seems to be fine, except for they lost Jeff Bedzilic and they had a bad offseason. Denver seems to be fine, except for Isaiah Thomas's hip is such that they just signed Daniel Donald Sloan, so maybe they don't actually have a backup point guard the way they thought they did. Um, who am I forgetting as I look over at my... So I look at my quick schedule. The Lakers are fine. Lonzo Ball's shots all better, and everything's perfect in L.A. as it always is. He says, tongue firmly implanted in cheek. Um, San Antonio is going to be much better than people realize. That that was San Antonio, and New Orleans are the two teams. They're going to be far better than anyone realized. That was my large takeaway uh, from the points gained work uh, that I did. I hope you heard that podcast on Lockdown NBA yesterday. Uh, by the way, if you would like to advertise on Lockdown Jazz, believe it or not, our October schedule has some openings. Uh, and if you'd like to have your company on this show, there are local openings. On, on, you know, we're probably about 70% capacity right now. So local advertising availabilities, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. And on that note, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. Glad to have them back for another season on Locked On Jazz. They do fabulous work, and we super appreciate uh, their Blake support and the Murdoch family support. They've been in Utah for 92 years now doing their job. The Hyundai 100,000 mile assurance comes with every purchase, plus the Murdoch guarantee, which is car washes for life, safety inspection for life, price match guarantee, and the five day return policy. And if you haven't looked at the Hyundais, I would strongly suggest it. We just bought a Santa Fe. The Ionic is a great hybrid. The Tucson's won a bunch of safety awards, and they're saving $8,000 on that Hyundai right now uh, across the board uh, for you. 
with I think it was eight. I might be wrong on that number. It might be only six thousand. Eight thousand sounds too high. But if it's eight thousand, that's incredible. Uh, all taking place at Murdoch Hyundai right now. Forty six, forty six South State Street. It is the September to remember at Murdoch Hyundai. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's go get your questions. In on the show today, I want to have your interaction. Let's start at the top. Hey, Crystal, good morning. Nice to see you. Crystal, if I'd known you were coming, I would have fixed the hair. Uh, will there be a special Christmas-only jersey? Not that I've heard, but what I have heard is that there is a hidden fifth jersey coming. Right? We've seen the purple. Maybe we already have. We have the city. We have our regular navy blue. We have our regular white. And I think we have a fifth one coming. Do we have the gold still? I don't know. Hmm. I'm a little confused. Um, by the way, how about that, that 40th video that they put out yesterday celebrating 40 years of jazz basketball? Actually, I got a question for you guys. We are on the jazz radio broadcast celebrating the 40 years. And so we are celebrating not only players, not only coaches, but just people and moments of the organization over the last 40 years, if you anyone would like to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, or maybe we can create it as a conversation piece on the Facebook group, Locked on Jazz Facebook group, um, then I would love any, like, like for example, one of the people that we will bo- do a tribute for is Wally the Usher. Like, he was really a part of the organization, and I think that's partially what's so special about the organization is that you have these moments uh, and these people beyond just the players and coaches that connect us with them. So, you know, who are these other people? Obviously the players I can figure out. Uh, moments I might not. If you have a particular moment that you think we should look back at. And we're going to try to do quite a bit of them. We haven't figured out. I don't think we're trying to do 82 of them because I think they'll get lost. I think we might try to do as many as, I don't know. Part of me thinks that we should do 82 divided by 3, which then gets us to 
uh, about 27 of them, and then they all run three times during the season, and they get heard. So little vignettes about these moments remembering 40 years of jazz basketball. It's going to be a feature on the jazz broadcast this year, and so uh, we'll have that. The other exciting news I have for you, I think, and probably preemptive on this one, I believe we are going eh, – I'll hold that one. Um, a lot of fun stuff going on. I love this time of year. It's when my juices are flowing and I'm thinking of creative things and trying to come up with ways to make the broadcast better and drinking way too much espresso and going mountain biking in the fall colors. It's just an awesome time of year. And we start Media Day tomorrow or Monday. I'm so pumped. My last and final weekend. All right. Uh, uh, could Royce possibly be the ideal small ball four? I don't think so. Um, I I don't see that. Um, I don't think he's quite big enough. Um, so, no, I don't see that. I would say I'm very – I don't know if I've said – I think I've said this. I'm very curious about Royce O'Neal. I think he's had exposure to things in the offseason that he might not have gotten otherwise because he was hanging with uh, Donovan and going to places and working out uh, the – working out with um, – James Harden and Chris Paul, and I, I'm curious on two things. On the positive side, I'm curious what this does to his confidence, what it exposes him to, what skills he might have developed. On the negative side, frankly, part of Royce O'Neal's beauty is in when you think about points gained is that he was an average points gained player who stayed right inside his lane. That's an incredible, valuable thing to have 20 minutes a night using the possession he needs to and then being um, – and not forcing and not trying to play outside of his lane. And, you know, in his second year in the league, I'm sure he's going to play outside of his lane a little bit more and try to prove that he's worth more. I mean, part of these go both ways. And then, you know, can he do that? And is he good enough to do that? Um, you know, maybe at 6'6", 225, he can be that four. It just seems a little small, and he doesn't seem to me to be a great rebound. He's tough as hell, though. So that shouldn't be a problem. The biggest thing to me on Royce is, uh, I would say, is rim finishing. You know, last year, very subtly, he wasn't great. He was at 51.9% at the rim, and he was brilliant about how many shots he took there. He took 108 of his 284 shots at the rim and only hit on 51.9%. So that... I think, you know, his corner three shooting, brilliant. 23 of 57, I think it was. It was like right close to that 40%, like 35, 36% mark. Um, what did I say? 23 of, I think that's right. 23 of 57, something like that. Um, his above the break was a little less good, but that's fine. 33% is fine. Like we talked about that in this program earlier, that you've got to be more willing to take those shots. Um, but I think that he, I'm curious to see how what lane he stays in, how he does. I also think... You know, I, I think he, like, I think Dante could play some three if Grayson Allen turns out to be really good and is demanding time. Um, and I think Alec Burks could play some three if Grayson Allen's really good and demanding time. So I, I think Royce is still in a battle for minutes as well. With Faves recent slim down to improve perimeter play, how does that help or hurt his impact as a backup center? Well, the truth is, as a backup center, he has not been great defensively. He's a much better weak side rim defender than he is a strong side rim defender. And so when, as a center, he's been a strong side rim defender, he hasn't always had the biggest impact. The slimming down may allow the Jazz to play a switching one through five defense when Derek's on the floor, and that would be a enormous impact uh, on what they could do, that they could play two different styles of defense depending who's in the game. We'll be curious to see in training camp whether that's something that they can do. Um, I also just think he's moving better. He's healthier. He looks great. He's running the floor better than I've seen him run when I've been watching uh, the pickup games that are going on right now. So 
I just think slimming down is going to allow him to be a little bit more agile side to side. I think it'll maintain his explosiveness. He was the best rim finisher in the league last year. I think he'll still have that. You know, really, two years ago, he was just tremendously injured. Right? I think I think we have to just kind of understand and wipe from our memory how tremendously injured Derek was. And you can just see it in the dunk. I'm, I'm a big believer, frankly. These are such simple. For all the advanced analytics stuff, sometimes... You know, the numbers that jump out to me, Derek had 150 dunks last year. He had 52 the year before, right? He had 150 dunks last year. He'd never had more than 105 in a season. He also played more games last year. He's played in every game but his rookie year when he played for two different teams. Um, the other one was his rim finishing. So he finished at 77% last year because he dunked. The year before, he finished at 61%. So he was crazy uh, and how much how much healthier he was uh, before. Um, so I think that's a major, major uh, aspect of things because he is just the slim down is just a sign of just health and just explosiveness and being able to move. So that would be my take on that. From Crystal, uh, are Spida and Allen playing or do they generally get along now um i i always think athletes that compete against each other actually get along um excuse me so they seem fine i mean that 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 draft stuff from donovan seemed pretty genuine it's no value and and then actually i have a sit-down interviews that start my the sit-down feature interviews start uh either monday or tuesday and uh, with the players, and Donovan talks about how Rodney Hood helped him out, and so he's helping Grayson Allen out. It was really nice comments from Donovan about, uh, in a lot of ways, about what he experienced uh, with uh, Rodney, and it was nice to hear because Rodney, you know, largely from people like me, have gotten kind of a bad rep for how kind of out of sorts he was last year. So, I uh, want to you know give him some credit. Uh, is nice nice to see. If you're a small business owner and you have one to five employees and you're not using Mazuma USA, then you're missing out. When you're running your business, you don't want to worry about taxes and bookkeeping and things, but you have to. Mazuma USA will do that for you. For $75 a month using the promo code LOCKED, Mazuma USA will give you an opportunity to not have to worry about your bookkeeping or your taxes. Here's how it works. You sign up with MizumaUSA.com. They get you online. They assign a CPA and a tax person and a bookkeeper to you. And what I think is important is they don't change every month. They assign those people to you. Those are your people. Once Once you have those two people, you hook your accounts in and you're ready to roll. Every month you get a report. Every quarter you get a tax consultation. And they take care of all of that for you to make sure that you have the What's going on? You have to worry about no contract, no cancel or cancel. No, no contract, no hidden fees. Cancel at any time, and you'll find out how much you like it. Eight zero one nine eight zero twenty one zero two. That's eight zero one nine eight zero twenty one zero two for your free consultation. MazumaUSA.com. Get rid of the things you don't want to deal with. That should be their slogan. It's not. I just made it up. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited 
But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I've tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's get back to your questions. Um, what will it take for Donovan and Rudy to both be all-stars? Wins. Uh, I mean, Donovan continues to wow, and Rudy's defensive player of the year. Um, also, frankly, probably, you know, Westbrook not coming back on time and Jokic not going off, and some of it's dictated by how great all the other players in the Western Conference are. Um, Tony Jones said on his weekly run podcast that Jazz expect to play Grayson 8 to 10 minutes a night. Um, so I, I, I've listened. I, I heard. I don't know where he got that. I'm just going to, like, I love Tony. I don't know where he got it. Like, maybe he's got better sources than I do. I don't know what they plan to do on that. So I can't, I'm not going to comment on what Tony said as being factual um, because I don't know it to be fact. Uh, I would suspect the opposite. I would suspect that Grayson doesn't play to open the season. I would suspect that the playing 11 guys is awfully hard and that the Jazz will play 10 and that, the 10 will be um, Favors and Gobert as your centers. Favors as your power forward with Crowder and Cephalosha. There's your four. Uh, Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles. Alec Burks and Donovan Mitchell. Dante Exum and Ricky Rubio. And I would suspect that Grayson Allen doesn't start in the rotation. Um, regardless of how he's playing, frankly. I think that Alec and Dante have earned that over the years, and that's part of being a rookie. I also think that Grayson's going to struggle a little defensively early on, and so you might as well make sure he understands what's going on. So I would suspect the opposite of that. But that's not uh, that's not that I know that or I've been told that um, the way that Tony reported that. I, I have not been told that. I don't know that. I don't believe that to be... Uh, I don't know that. Actually, let me rephrase that. I don't know that to be true. So, um, it, you know, maybe he's got a better source than I do. Um, I know Grayson's played well um, in all their pickup games, and I think they're very excited about what his athleticism can do at the NBA level with a space floor. Um, but I also think this team's really, really good. And when you're drafted in the 20s to a really good team, it's really hard to get minutes, no matter how good a player you might be, particularly early in the year. I would suspect. My guess, I think Grayson's good. I think Grayson's good. So I would suspect that he goes from zero to t- to ten as injuries happen, and as he gets opportunities, he gets good at it. And by the end of the year, he's playing 15, 18 minutes, and everyone's trying to figure out how, and who knows what happens. But that's, you know, remember, the average NBA player plays 71 games, so one out of every eight nights, somebody's probably missing a game or an extended period of time, and, and therefore there's time to be had for someone like Grayson. But I don't suspect it to be right out of the start. Uh, at the hospital having her second boy. 
names? Ricky, Rudy, Joe, or Donovan? Or Ron? Or Boone? I mean, come on. Let's go with a legend. While dropping off, while dropping our big works great against most offenses, is there anything we can do to address mid-range problem we had in the playoffs with players like CP? You know what? I, I just, the math is so dramatic that um, if you, it, the, the math is so, so dramatic. If you get beat in the mid-range, you get beat. I really kind of think there's something to that. Um, you know, our offense wasn't very good in that series. We're talking about our defense, but and it wasn't great. But our offense wasn't great either. Uh, Woj just reported rival executives lobbying calls, lobbying calls to Minnesota's front office on possibility of trading for Jimmy Butler. They're getting increased shutdown. Minnesota's telling teams that Butler's an elite player and the franchise intends to keep him. That'll be pleasant since he bad... Ma- By the way, why is he getting such a pass? Did I miss... Because I thought I heard him completely badmouth both Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns this year. Now supposedly those two, and they're all going to go to camp together? Woo, that's going to be fun. Boy, is that ever going to be fun. I, I'm just, just was wondering why he's getting a pass. Uh, let me go back to the, let me see if I can pull this up. Let's go back to... So the Rocket series, our defense wasn't great, but our offense in game one had a 98.3 rating, not going to win. Game two had a 109. Game three had a 90.6, can't win. Game four had an 86.3, can't win. And then in game five, we had a pretty good offensive day and we didn't get any stops. The Rockets on the season, uh, I'd have to pull it up, but I believe we're about a 110 offensively. 111, I wasn't prepared to talk about this, so you're kind of letting me scramble here. Uh, we're about a 110 or 111. So the Jazz defense, again, which, you know, I read all this stuff about how Gobert couldn't stay on the floor, and, Gobert, and I hear all this stuff about how, well, Gobert can't be def- isn't really that top 10 player because once he got up against the Rockets, it was a problem. The offense was the problem. The offense was a problem. They switched everything we got out of our systems because you didn't want to run a bunch of false action and then end up playing late in the shot clock, and we ended up playing isolation, and we weren't very good at it, and we've got to find a way. The Rockets were a 112 for the season. Game one, they were 110, two points below league av- their average. Game two, they were 104, eight points below average. Game three, they were 112, right on their average. And game four, they were 100, 12 points below their average. So in the four first games of that playoff, can we just get the facts right on this story? The four games of the playoffs, they, the, they were 2, 8, 12. So 20 points below their average, divided by 3, 7 points below average offensively on average in their first four games per 100 possessions. That's exactly what the Jazz defense is compared to league average overall. Right? So the Jazz defense last year was a 100 in one rating, the league offensive average offensive rating was at 107. So the Jazz are seven points, six, seven points better than league average. Uh, the Jazz were six or seven points above or better, held the Rockets six or seven points below their average. Like the defense completely worked. Like this whole bull crap, I almost said it, that Rudy can't, it's just, it's that narrative is a total 
falsehood. And frankly, I'm on podcasts and guys say it to me and I'm friends with them and I don't want to embarrass them. And so sometimes I don't call them out on it. But it's just not true. Our offense sucked in that series. That's the story. Our offense was a 98, a win and a 109, a 90.6 and an 86.3. And in the final game, you're right. In the final game, our defense fell apart in game five of that playoff series. Donovan was out. Rubio was out. At some point, you're playing it, right? And by the way, we played that entire series starting two rookies with Rubio out. So, I don't know. There. Um, My answer to that, Pastor, thank you for bringing it up, or Klingman Pastor, is that for all it felt like, Chris Paul was killing us in the mid-range. They clearly weren't. They were seven points below their average in that period of time. Uh, are the Jazz still trying to fit Dante as a point guard, and have they moved them to shooting guard, or does a point guard, shooting guard, small forward even matter in Quinn's offense? I think the last part is the right part. I don't think it matters. Um, I will be curious to see. One of the things I'll really be watching in training camp and in uh, the preseason is who Dante's paired with. Is he player with Donovan? Donovan's playing the point. Is he player with Joe and Dot? Like, how are they doing that? I think that'll be interesting. Um, we're just about wrapped up. Any ideas on the city court theme as an all? We're still keeping the city court this year, if that's what you're asking. See, everyone in town, I haven't seen anything about Exum. Dante's been here. I've seen Dante. I've talked to him. Um, I don't think I did. Did I do my sit-down with Dante? I think I missed my sit-down with Dante, and I'll be doing it on a Monday. Um, I think I missed Alec, Dante, and Rudy. Because I went gallivanting around the world. No, I just went to Napa. But it was pretty awesome. It felt like I was going around the world. Never been there before. That place is incredible. Um, We're going to do a whole uniform discussion. I think I'm going to leave it. I think we're going to wrap right there. 30 minutes. Right on the butt. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers in 30 minutes. Every single day so you can get in and out. And boy, do I look old, wrinkly, and hair everywhere. I must have been doing this for a long time. Boy, am I geeked, though. Let's get the season started. Talk to you Monday. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you get the daily podcast that's been going all season long on the NBA with Locked On NBA. And every Monday, it's the biggest stories and the local experts with Josh Lloyd. It's our most listened to show. Make sure you grab it every Monday at Locked On NBA on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.